Hi, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So how was your week? Well, we all know how terrible my weeks have been. So I'm going to ask you, how was your week? Oh, my week was fine until I walked in and you almost vomited on me. I was like doubled (laughs) over in pain. This has been bad yet again. Yeah. So there was breaking news when uh, when I walked in, but we're going to tell you right after the open. This is This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. No, my sign is no, my number is no. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. Okay, Rachel, bring us in on these push notifications that came in as I was uh, walking in. We're, we're recording from your apartment this week because you're going to be traveling and it's a little, we're recording a little early. A little a few bit days. early. So yes. by the time you hear this, Kavanaugh might be lights out. Who knows? Right. And he was the elephant in the room last week and continues to be the elephant. Uh, so. Basically, there was a new story that just came out in The New Yorker by Ronan Farrow and Jane Meyer. Did I pronounce that correctly? It's Mayer, but okay. Mayer. <laughs> Whatever. Sorry, Since Jane. Since birth. I know, you, <laughs> I know you listen to this podcast. Um, and so it was revealed that at a party during his freshman year at Yale, he put his naked penis in a woman's face at a party, which is... Truly, who among us? <laughs> who among us who is in, in the midst of <laughs> confirmation hearings for the Supreme Court? Okay, well, that's an important qualification. Yeah, and there's even more, right? Mike, Michael Avenatti, our, Michael Avenatti um, has said in uh, he's written an email to the counsel for the Judiciary Committee saying that he has more evidence that Kavanaugh and his friend Mark Judge would uh, get women drunk in high school and gang rape them. Like on a serial so, basis. Yes. So not just the one, not just the two. Like, But that this whole... was a regularly recurring thing. But I have to say, Brian, like when I first heard these allegations from Dr. Ford, I thought this is not something that somebody just does once. If you behave this way... You said that to me way, even off the, off the pod. Off you said the pod. there's never just one. If, if you, you do that, if you're capable of this, you this, do it more than this once. This is what you it's do. So I was just behavior. waiting for more people you to come out of the today, world. today, for we, all we know. We don't know. He's a disgusting garbage monster, and we already knew and all we needed to know that Orrin Hatch revealed that he had ketchup with spaghetti, which is the, disgusting was, enough. That's the worst. It's not the worst, <laughs> it's but not it's pretty worst, incriminating. But it's it, pretty bad. It should this disqualify is, This is the him. kind this of is, person. Is this the kind of person who should be determining the final law of the land? No. no we sh- know that. But let's move on to the no. normal content here. He may be gone. By the time people hear this, this Lights may be out. a relic. This like, may be a relic of the past. The, let's hope. Let's hope. Let's. But I, I also have to say that the grossest thing is that in that New Yorker article, they said that when the Republicans <laughs> on the Judiciary Committee heard that these allegations were being investigated by Democrats. They tried to rush the vote through instead oh, of like. I didn't hear that. It's vile and so that it wouldn't come out. So it would be better if he was already appointed, uh, confirmed for the Supreme Court, and then this came out. Yes, they don't care. I'm ready to fucking burn the house down. <laughs> I'm so angry. I hope women are angry all over this country. We we've got to get out and okay. No, shut it down, down. Rachel. Please, please. 
What can we privilege? We, we're privileged. What can we privilege we people do to improve our life in these terrible times? There's some people who don't have the luxury of this, but let's be honest, there are some things that people can do. There are some things they can do. And like, there's this whole, like, everything has to be a trend now. Even like lifestyles have to be a trend. So what is a lifestyle if not a trend? <laughs> so you can't just have a lifestyle. It's meaningless. <laughs> we are meaningless. We are we're, nihilistic. Right. You have to have a branded lifestyle. So like in 2016, there was this whole huga revolution and huga is this thing that is not what it sounds like <laughs> what the, i don't even know what it sounds like it sounds like it's some sort of like a grunting and screaming grunting. something like brett kavanaugh would say when he's like, <laughs> at like a shoving his party. dick in someone's face yeah huga. So, <laughs> so it's basically the translation is a general sense of well-being and calm coziness and warmth okay that was a big thing a few years ago yeah. i think people know about that and yeah as it gets colder, you want to be huga cozy at home. Yeah, Fine. I just bought. Okay. I just bought something a new like mohair shawl collar sweater. I saw that and said, "That is huga. I'm buying it." Right, right. So it, it inspired all sorts of purchases. Who among us has not been inspired has by? Has not been roped in by the. Huga. But I get the sense that that's not where the story no, ends. No, so there's <laughs> so there's all these other ideas coming to the fore, and I saw an article that said. Ikigai, Huga, Lagum, and Ubuntu. How these lifestyle concepts can improve your okay, work no, wait, life. Okay, wait. Before we get into that, a few weeks ago, you had one from Finland, which was the art of sitting around in your underwear drinking beer. Yeah, Pondstrom. Oh, Pondstrom. Oh, how can I forget? How That's, can I forget Pondstrom? And I just, I couldn't believe that Pondstrom wasn't on this It's catching on. List. One of my a cool guy in my office, Mike, as soon as the podcast came out, he said, I spent last weekend doing Pondstrom. <laughs> I'm like, good for you. You look relaxed. <laughs> right. Well, I'll just walk you through some of the other ones okay. that were on the list. Lagom is Sweden's answer to Huga, because I guess Sweden felt left out. Yeah. Right? Well, there's a lot of competition between those between Nordic Denmark countries. And Sweden. <laughs> yeah. So, so this there's an author, Nikki Brantmark, who wrote a book called Lagom: The Swedish Art of Living a Balanced, Happy Life, and she says while Huga is about creating cozy and comfortable environment in which one feels content. Lagom is about finding a more manageable, comfortable, and balanced way of doing things. Okay, so it's more balanced than huga. <laughs> like, what are the excesses of huga that need to be balanced? It's like too, by, much coziness, too much coziness. Too many throw blankets. You can have a, make sure they're scratchy. <laughs> right. And then you'll be lagom. No lagom. I don't want anything to do it. with lagom. Okay, what are okay. the other ones? <laughs> Ikigai. Ikigai. That's from Japanese. Japan. Yes, of okay, course. and, you know, lifestyles have been emanating from Japan. Japan forever time memorial um and ikigai is the antithesis of huga <laughs> <laughs> instead of prompting us to slow down it's about speeding up <laughs> and finding purpose and okay, balance and doing it very quickly and very quickly <laughs> so it's like tiger mom it's like that's tiger, chinese but, right well, no but uh it's it's all about Speed and purpose. Okay, and so direction. instead you should leap up from your huga sofa and run manically around the kitchen, like cleaning things? 
things are cleaning like... things and screaming and, <laughs> screaming and shouting at people. No, I know. How is this helpful to a fruitful life? <laughs> Especially during these But we're these doing times. that anyway. That's not a lifestyle. It's just like Trump's America. Right. That's what we're all doing. Ikigai. We are in the Ikigai world. But then there's Ubuntu. <laughs> Ubuntu. Isn't that like a tech language or something? No, this is, uh, this is the rough translation is humanity or I am because we are. And it's almost like very... Wait, is it, from a- it sounds African. It's, is it African? Southern African. Okay. And it's the belief in the universal bond of sharing that connects all humanity. Well, that's nice. And I love that. I think it's beautiful. And I think that if we all embrace that, we would be much better. Okay. But there's a bigger it. issue here that's just one big... Are there, is that... Are those the... Is those that the, are the, that's that's the, the global <laughs> that's... The global menu of lifestyle choices you have? I have one question. What? Why can't you just live your fucking life without a North Star, without one of these, you know, self-help books or these little slogans that help you do it. Just like find your own way, stay in your lane. It's because we've all been just indoctrinated into like the whole uh, PowerPoint life. Like we need a mission statement and an objective. We need KPIs. We need KPIs and OKRs. How do you know what you're gaming for if you don't have a way to measure it, if you can't measure it? Well, you know what? I'm just all for punch drunk. (laughs) We're going back to punch drunk, which is sitting around. (laughs) Sitting around in your underwear. hands down your pants. (laughs) And drinking. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So nope to all these lifestyle choices just just make your own just be yourself make your own. rachel you know one of our key themes is that human beings and animals should not interact they shouldn't and um they should definitely not interact while on drugs <laughs> that absolutely that's a subset of our <laughs> of our theorem <laughs> but there's been a couple of uh stories this week about marine life consuming drugs okay and um, I want to first talk about octopuses and ecstasy. Octopuses are taking ecstasy? They're taking ecstasy. How do they get it? Do they have a dealer? The scientists. The squids are dealing The them. scientists are de- <laughs> Not even the squids. You would think it would be the squids, but no, it's the people. Those, or those devious squids are <laughs> overtaking the octopuses by having them OD on Such ecstasy. Such a bad influence. Although OD, uh, ecstasy makes you like horny. Maybe they're going to uh, reproduce more. Maybe. So it so there were these scientists who wanted to see what would happen if they gave octopuses ecstasy. How do you and come up did, with that experiment? How, like, were they on ecstasy and they're like, I wonder what happens probably. if you give this to octopuses? <laughs> I mean, yeah. So they, they wrote a paper in a scientific journal called Current Biology. Very current. <laughs> um, and they discovered that giving them ecstasy made asocial octopuses seem to become more social. So octopuses, they're just like us. They are. Do but they go to a rave? How do you determine what's an asocial octopus? <laughs> oh, they know. I, I've read two books about octopuses. I'm really into them so much okay. so that I don't eat them in restaurants anymore because they are the highest invertebrate intelligence of anything. So they're amazing. So if anyone's going to react to ecstasy, I would guess it would be octopuses. Okay. And they see they're actually loners. They, they, they don't um, interact with each other. <laughs> not only do humans and octopuses not interact, they don't interact with each other and they hide in their corner until they have to mate and then they briefly go and get it over with and then they go back into their corner. Here I am conducting this podcast <laughs> for almost a year, and I discover tonight that I am among a, marine, a leading marine biologist. <laughs> this is or someone who's read two books. This is shocking. 
<laughs> so, okay. So, you know, so the New York Times did this whole story that th- this is the extent of my knowledge about <laughs> octopus interactions. They put them in the center of a three-chamber tank where on one end there was a Star Wars figure figurine and on the other side there was an there was another octopus and it was contained beneath an overturned orchid pot with holes <laughs> in case viol- in case like it inspired violent behavior they I wanted to protect I do not see the connect <laughs> I don't know. Well, wait which star wars figurine like Darth Vader Yeah I don't know R2D2 so This is the, like they were on acid when they came up with this experiment <laughs> acid, they were on ecstasy They were on something very different <laughs> They were definitely consuming Okay something. what did the so, flower pot have to do with it well, it was protecting the other octopus. It was under the flower pot? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yes. Yeah, so what? Did like pheromones come out? No. So, well, the second octopus was under the flower pot. Okay. So, and so, there was one. What did the Star Wars figurine have to do with it? There was one playing with the Star Wars figurine? They wanted to see where. So, undosed, the octopuses spent more time with the toy than with the other they octopus. They do like toys. They especially like like water bottle when they can screw and uncruise things. They love that. Here we go again. More <laughs> facts. <laughs> news you can use. So, <laughs> after, so after the octopus soaked in a low-dose MDMA laced bath, that's ecstasy, the octopuses seemed to relax. They spent more time with the male octopuses on the other side of the tank, and they hugged the pot with oh, all of their that's arms. So sweet. And they showed off their ventral ends also known as their <laughs> mouths i could give you a lecture about what ventral ends are and the role they play but i will not i will withhold my expertise <laughs> then they, they had this quote from a guy named charles nichols who's a pharmacologist at the louisiana state university school of medicine and he said i've been giving psychedelics to fruit flies for years in my lab <laughs> but i've yet to seen one i've yet to see one given to an octopus why are you giving psychedelics to fruit what flies does this prove? what does this prove uh, okay so let's say that we we um have confirmed the hypothesis that octopuses react to ecstasy which i think we now do uh-huh but uh, so what? Well, also, it's relative to the Star Wars figurine, right? I mean, maybe it's if he likes certain characters, if it likes, like, Luke Skywalker or R2-D2, maybe it would pick the figurine. If it doesn't like Darth Vader, maybe it goes and coddles a, a flower pot. Right. What if it doesn't like that Adam Driver character, <laughs> Kylo Ren? Who likes him? Who likes him? No. no. Nobody. Okay. But then, this, that's not the end of this story. So <laughs> there's a lot of drugged marine life going on here. This one, of course, is about lobsters, and it comes from Maine. There's a restaurant called the Lobster Pound, and the proprietor named Charlotte Gill was very distressed. It is. Have you, You've made lobsters, right? You have to yep. kill them, yep. and you either put them in the water, and you feel like they're you know boiling they are boiling to death you feel like it's a long and slow death or you put the knife through them and that's, that's just, eric repairs method to right. murder them first with the knife right which, that's what i do and it's yeah. traumatic and then there's this thing if you put them on their head and like stroke their underbelly they like get mellow and then supposedly it's less traumatic i don't know but she had the idea to get them high on marijuana smoke blowing smoke and she is convinced that they mellow out and that it's a more humane way so here's her quote about this she's thought deeply about this quote i feel bad that when lobsters come here there is no exit strategy it's a unique place and you get to do such unique things but at the expense of this little creature i've really been trying to figure out how to make it better okay 
There's no exit strategy, no matter what. She's not giving the the, the exit strategy is let them go. They're not going to have like an IPO. <laughs> We've been acquired by Adobe. Like, what? No, <laughs> there's no exit strategy it's death. here. It's right, death. right. So, but it's only done at the customer's request. Apparently, once you boil a lobster, all the THC is boiled out, so you're not going to so get high. So it's on the menu of like how like, you want right, to kill a choice, the lobster, like with drawn butter or high or not high. <laughs> Lobster, exactly. But people are so reactionary about marijuana. The the main state legislature just literally days ago has declared this illegal. Oh. They are so not not only can we not smoke marijuana legally, not even lobsters. This is horrible. But she is defiant. Defiant. Charlotte Gill is going to continue to give her lobsters marijuana, and she will not be deterred. I just feel like we should stop giving the drugs to the marine life. At this time in our history, human beings need all of the drugs for themselves. Man, why are we, why are we sharing them? It's not like there's an unlimited supply. No. Ecstasy is hard to get. And, I haven't tried recently, but I assume it's hard to get. And good weed. I mean, it's a little... Good weed bit. is hard to get. <laughs> Cheap weed is pretty easy. Why good waste it on the lobsters? Don't give it to the lobsters. No, no. no. Just keep it for our, the humans. We need all that we can get. Speaking of taking all that we can get and marine life, oh. um, I'm going to take us across the ocean to a restaurant in Bavaria. Oh, and it's a sushi restaurant because the <laughs> finest sushi is known for its proximity <laughs> to the cold Pacific northern waters <laughs> in Bavaria. And it's called Running Sushi. And it's an all you can eat sushi restaurant. You know, out of all the traits I want out of a sushi restaurant, all you can eat is not one of them. No, I would rather it's like Dwayne Reed sushi. That's like supermarket sushi. I don't want it cheap and plentiful. I want like nice sushi carefully hygiene, well-made. Okay, but this is an all-you-can-eat sushi place. So it's very popular. Uh, it was frequented by a German triathlete named, <laughs> yeah, of course, okay. named Yaroslav Bobrowski. Okay. And it's a great deal. You can get all-you-can-eat for 15.90 euros, which is about $18. Wow. Now, he has a very specific regimen, as many triathletes do. He fasts for 20 hours a day, and he has to eat all the food he can in a four-hour window. <laughs> oh, God. Did he, <laughs> so like, they should have seen him coming. They should have seen him coming. So Running Sushi has these modest little plates. I guess it's part of the psychology that people don't take too much. They hold two to three pieces of sushi. So in case you have that, okay. you go back for seconds, maybe thirds, and that's your dinner. That's Does your sushi dinner. Does it have the dinner. conveyor belt in it? I don't like, think it's a conveyor belt okay. one. I think it's just a, I don't know, a buffet. Okay. So Yaroslav Bobrowski goes in with his four-hour window, and instead of a plate with two to three pieces, he eats a hundred plates of sushi, which equals 18 pounds of sushi. That's a lot of sushi. That is a lot of fucking sushi. He must have been really hungry. It, or really good. <laughs> I don't know. Imagine how much soy sauce and wasabi it takes to eat that. I mean, I, <laughs> it's like the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. So did 100... he do the triathlon prior to coming? <laughs> or to... after. <laughs> he probably got cramps. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend doing it after, but I feel like he would be that hungry maybe if he just came off. Oh, if he just came off a triathlon. Okay, so it's a public service. <laughs> well, it didn't put them out of business, luckily. It did set them back financially somewhat. I'm the sure. cost of the food costs were you know, incredible that day, but he became a viral sensation. I don't know if someone had filmed him eating the sushi or if there was sort of him rolling himself out afterwards, but he did go back to apologize 
and they accepted his apology. And I, but I don't think he's welcome back at running sushi anymore. Running sushi, you know what? If you say you're all you can eat, you have to welcome all comers, including triathletes, including, including triathletes. German triathletes. This is the risk you take with your business model, which is why we say shut it down. No, I was going to oh. give the nope to Yaroslav Bobrowski, but <laughs> now that I think about it, no, there should be no all you can eat sushi. Sushi no. could be an amount you eat and then you eat it and you stop and you pay the check and you fucking and you leave. Go. <laughs> and you and go. if you want to eat more, you Get pay more. Get a little more. green tea ice cream, maybe. Otherwise, no, no, no all no. you can eat sushi. You no. got what you deserved. No. So um, I want to talk about Halloween. It's coming up It's coming soon. up. AJ got his costume, right? Yeah, he's going to be a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Of course, Leonardo. everyone under the age of 30 is going to be a Teenage Ninja Turtle. He wants Turtle. me to be one, too. Oh, so I think I'll be one, too. Okay. It'll be great. Um, but so if you live in St. Louis and enjoy going to Six Flags... <laughs> We do have some listeners in Missouri, actually. (laughs) We do. We do. So Six Flags uh, St. Louis is hosting a Fright Fest (laughs) 30-hour coffin challenge on October 13th. Coffin challenge. And the challenge starts at 1 p.m. Saturday, and it goes until 7 p.m. the following day. And you may ask. Oh, I know. (laughs) I can tell what's coming. What do you have to do to win the coffin challenge? (laughs) So... Six Flags St. Louis will provide six lucky participants a two by seven foot slightly used coffin, (laughs) (laughs) meals, snacks and drinks. One six-minute bathroom break every hour, which seems like a lot. That's a lot. Actually. I don't have six minutes. It's like a to have a cigarette. Right. Phone charging stations, and this is the worst: random visits by fright fest freaks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Don't... So you the the contest, as I deduce here, is that you have to get in the coffin and stay there for thirty hours. For thirty hours, but Anyone... you get all of these amenities. You get the bathroom <laughs> breaks. You get the phone char- charger. Can you play with your phone while you're in there? Yes. Okay, because God forbid you should be. They want you to Instagram and Snapchat. They oh, want this to be so a viral influ- sensation. They want influencers, influencers in there. right? Oh my God! And so anyone who and who are these fright freaks <laughs> who are going to visit you? Do they, they get in the coffin with you? That's the thing. They do not really talk about what happens with the fright freaks. It's an, it's the unknown. That's the it's wild the known card. Unknown. <laughs> That's the wild card. Because I'm down for this, but it really all depends on what the fright freaks are. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to bring your own pillow and sleeping bag, but you so you can do your best to stay comfortable during your time inside. But so let me tell you what the prize is. If you survive this challenge, you get to keep the coffin for your own burial. You will (laughs) you will be entered into a drawing for a three hundred dollar (laughs) prize. Wait. I have a question. Okay. I have a lot of questions. But okay, so there's six people who get the coffins. Right. I mean, they could theoretically expand this for broader participation, right? It's not right. like the coffins, right? You can get one at Costco, right? And it's and slightly, slightly used. used. <laughs> Did they use it last year? Did they dig it up from a Did grave? Did they exhume someone's body? <laughs> Is know. there going to be like some like corpse okay. in there? So that was a big thing in Victorian times. They used to like exhume uh, coffins and steal corpses and sell them to medical schools. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know that. I learned that in the octopus book okay (laughs) (laughs) um no so okay so you go into this coffin it's lightly used they could have a million people doing it i'm sure they would do it but they have six and then if you win they enter you into a drawing who else is in the drawing it's (laughs) <laughs> right. Is it, no, it's only those who survive the challenge that will be so it could in be the drawing. Up to six people. Right. So six, up to or more than so six people. So six people spend 
30 hours each for in, the chance, in a coffin. the chance to, to win $300. turns out to be $10 an hour. <laughs> so it's like below minimum wage. wage. to lay in a coffin. Sounds like a good gig. <laughs> Unemployment's at an all-time low, so it's hard to find a job if you want one. You No, you go find a job. Go anywhere. <laughs> no, but it's, uh, it's not full-time. It's sort of a gig. It's the gig economy. It's the gig economy. What are you working on? What, what project are you working on this week? It's the stunt economy. <laughs> I'm going to be laying in a coffin. No, shut it down. Shut it down. No coffins. No. No, no. Can you have sex in the coffin? No, because you have to be by yourself. But there's freaks in there. What if it's a, like <laughs> oh, a sex fright, freak? The fright freaks? Yeah, the fright. What that, if it's a sex freak? Is in a whole other. Um, Is there uh, enough room in the car? Co- okay, no, no, shut it down. Shut we don't want to talk about no. this. Speaking of frightful sex, <laughs> I'm going to bring us back across the Atlantic once again to Greece, to a town called Aitolico. Greece, where there is a beautiful lagoon, a blue lagoon. I've heard of that place. You have? Yeah. Only because you read this article, (laughs) I think. (laughs) Um, And magically, overnight one day, there appeared a 1,000-foot, huge, thick, sticky, fuzzy spider web (laughs) on the beach. It was blanketing the entire beach and various artifacts, like rowboats that were left there. Everything was covered in Brian, this sticky... Brian, this is why we can't have nice things. We cannot have nice things and animals just like... No, they, they shouldn't even interact <laughs> with humans. They just shouldn't be. So it turns out there's a very scientific answer to this. This is sort of a marine creature as well. They're not on, se- on, on uh, ecstasy, though, but they might as well be. It turns out that the reason for this is that this is a spider sex party. They are all congregated for an orgy on the beach, and this somehow is the like ejaculate from the from the spider sex wow so not only humans go to greece for orgies <laughs> for orgies for mykonos <laughs> also also spiders that's right <laughs> um but it's it's bittersweet it's bittersweet because like a lot of animals uh, maria chatsatsky uh, who's a professor of molecular molecular biology locally said the spiders will have their sex party and then they will promptly die Oh. So this is like one of those like praying mantises. Like you, you have sex and then you devour your partner. You like you do it. You've served your evolutionary purpose on Earth, which is to reproduce, and then you die. Then you go into the coffin. Then you go into the coffin <laughs> with the freaks. Um, so uh, I have a question though. Okay. So they they presumably before they die, these spider they give the sacks right. Some spiders have little sacks in yeah. the spider. What happens to this beach when these millions of like next generation spiders come out? The F ones. It's gonna be it's gonna be even worse. <laughs> like N plus one. It's, it's like well, luckily it's an island, so, so they can't get no no. It's a lagoon. I don't know if it's an island. <laughs> I think it's just a lagoon. Oh, the lagoon gonna, will be blocked off they're from gonna the spread human everywhere. habitation. This is the beginning of a science fiction. Of, you know. Uh, Apocalyptic the Andromeda strain. <laughs> Michael Crichton <laughs> returns from the grave from his coffin uh, to write this. No, this is a dystopian nightmare, a, a, a spider dystopian. And I hate spiders, my God. No, they're terrible. They're the worst. Okay, so no, spiders, go back in your holes. <laughs> go back wherever spiders live. Go back down the drain, itsy bitsy spider. Don't destroy grease for us, No, and too. if you want to have sex, just do it in private. Do it in your own little coffin, like one-on-one. Be monogamous, do one-on-one sex in your own privacy of your own hole and do not ruin our beaches about it no no, no absolutely no. not no nope. we're very heavy on animals this week rachel yeah we've so you know we've talked about goats a lot on this podcast <laughs> so, 
given how many we've had, you're going to throw in one more. I hope this is our last item. We've talked about goats that have gone wild, goats that have been found on the subway. Goat yoga. Goat yoga. There's all sorts There's of goats. There's a lot of goats. Goats, milk. But so I'm going to ask you a question. We really have done like five segments <laughs> on goats. And it's only episode 45. What do you do when hundreds of mountain goats have become so addicted to the salt found in human urine that they are a deadly <laughs> menace to national park visitors charging at hikers and trampling vegetation? What do you do? You it stop is, peeing on the goats? It is a problem that everyone has to deal with. <laughs> this is universal. This is local, <laughs> local yet global. So in um, Olympic National Park in Seattle. Oh, I've been there. So they've decided to airlift 375 of these bad-tempered goats. They are slinging them blindfolded to helicopters. <laughs> And bringing them to remote areas where they will be less of a nuisance. Wait, so they're they're addicted to human urine? <laughs> they're like goring people because it's a it's a populated. Are they hoping you'll pee? Like they hope if they gore you, your like your your bladder will split open and pour into their mouth. No, That's people are peeing on the trails and turning oh. the trails basically into salt licks, and I so see. the goats are hanging around and goring people. Pee. I yeah. see. and they're goring <laughs> them out of like ecstasy. Uh, they're aggressive. They're very aggressive. Why don't they give them marijuana they and then get, they'll chill out? They should, okay, so how are they getting them out? So they're airlifting them. Like if you saw, there's a picture, which we will link to in the show notes. It's basically, imagine a goat <laughs> I'm, that I'm has imagining been it. <laughs> blindfolded. Why do they have to be blindfolded? So they don't panic? I don't know. That's the question. I just, I think blindfolding is a little bit cruel and unusual, but the whole thing is unusual. Or humane. And they're lifting them up by like almost a rope (laughs) into a helicopter. And then they drop them down into a Wait, are they dangling from the helicopter the entire transit? Yes, they're like sort of they like... They don't bring them up? They don't like bring them up into the... I think the... they must bring them up in and then they drop them back, back down. Can't they just load them in when it's on the ground and drop well, them can't... up on the ground? They can. La- oh, I guess it's too steep to land. And you can't have just like a helicopter filled with goats. So maybe they're just <laughs> it like... It would be too heavy. They're like dangling down and then they drop them... <laughs> Uh, with a parachute into it's another a parachute they're being dangled <laughs> those are mutually exclusive or do they have a parachute to like break to, them to bring them down oh. to bring them up they're dangled <laughs> so just dropping goats with parachutes out of a helicopter like wkrp in cincinnati with the turkeys exactly <laughs> so they're dropping them into the northern cascades which is a mountain range stretching to canada and they think, you know, what could possibly go wrong? I think that this is going to start a war with our neighbors to the We're north. We're already practically in a war. It's not even a trade war. It's a goat war. It's a goat war. <laughs> this is going to be. What the are they th- going to airlift into our territory? Right. We're going to be trading animals. <laughs> like, dumping have, an- animals. What do they have up there that we don't have? Yaks? They have like everything. Like Arctic yaks? They have all sorts Polar of. Polar bears? Yeah. They're going to be like. Dropping polar bears in like Seattle. I know it's <laughs> going to be terrible. It's terrible. No, no, if you're going to move goats, like move them the normal way. Just like hoard them, or what does a cowboy do? Like I don't know. Just herd them. Herd them. Herd them. Herd them. That's right. Just get them to walk over the mountains like they did in the good old days. Get like a dog to circle around. Yeah, or they like. Them. Sh- 
terriers or something that know how to do that? I think the the thing that we're discovering is that goat herding is a lost art. And so here we are with our modern technology, blindfolding goats, pulling them up to helicopters. No, we it's just a need an, too far. We need it's a bridge old, too far. Let's go back to our roots. We need an old fashioned goat herder. This is terrible. No, 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 no. We have done so many animal stories this week. I don't know. I hope our I hope our listeners like animals. We don't like animals particularly. I mean, some animals are okay. As long as they're domesticated. Yeah. We don't think wild animals and humans should mix. Let's do a little something to cheer us up. I think we're going to move on to our yups. This is everybody's favorite part of the podcast. This is the thing that keeps people going. Yep. I mean, we're about to fucking kill ourselves here. We're hearing about this penis-slapping Kavanaugh who's this, about to... It's so disgusting. Okay, Don't so even let, get me started. Let's move on from that. Let's move on from that. Let's move on to our yups. Rachel, what delighted you this week? Yeah, I was going to bring this up when you mentioned the all-you-can-eat sushi because um, <laughs> as you're listening to this podcast, I am in Berlin and I will be doing all I can to avoid running into running sushi. <laughs> I think it's but in Bavaria. I don't know where. T- oh, it's not in Berlin. Okay, thank God. But I wanted to draw everyone's attention to an athletic achievement that may have gone unnoticed amid all of the dick slapping and <laughs> disgustingness. So there's a runner named Elliot Kipchoge, and he smashed the Berlin Marathon world record last weekend. He won the race in two hours, one minute, and 39 seconds. Two hours? Two hours, one minute, and 30. That is so fast. I ran the marathon, and I ran it like 15 hours. I they mean, like closed the course, and I was like... <laughs> and that's what? still a huge achievement. I you thought know? so. But... And, but listen to this. Two he hours. He beat the record held by another Kenyan runner by... By one minute and 18 seconds to do it to beat the record by that much that's that incredible. is a huge achievement although i have to say as much as i admire that you have to believe he went home and he's like fuck why couldn't i beat two hours yeah if, i mean just like symbolically if he'd been like 159 59 he would have been like fucking launched to the moon all right brian let's just give <laughs> it's not Elliot enough that he ran the <laughs> Okay, yup. Here's my yup. Um, I've spoken about this so many times that you're about to ban me. No, it's not Love, Simon. It is ranch dressing. And it has finally gotten its due. It was on the front page of the New York Times food section about the the revival of ranch dressing. I know every old It never went out It never went out for me. Right. So (laughs) I will literally put ranch dressing on anything. Like, I will put it on hot dogs. Of course, chicken wings, people do that. I will put it on meatloaf. I will put it on... Chips. Anything, anything, literally you anything. Name it. I do everything short of like squeeze it into my mouth, which I will admit that I have done from time to time. And the New York Times gave it this gave it the serious culinary treatment. It real it said that it's time that it be treated seriously. It gave multiple gourmet recipes for ranch dressing, and I'm going to recommend everybody go look at those recipes. Make your own at home. Although I have to say, the kind you get at the store is pretty damn good. So my up goes to ranch dressing. Okay, ranch dressing and the Berlin Marathon winner. <laughs> two two great tastes that taste great. <laughs> together okay that's the end of our podcast for this week thank you so much please remember to subscribe rate and review us and most importantly tell your friends in real life turn to the left turn to the right if you do that three times as many people will be listening yep it's it's so easy it's been one of the worst weeks but one of the best podcasts thank you so much for listening this has been this week in nope the podcast where we shut it down wanna be my new friend we got a lot in 